Hello and welcome to We The People podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, We're back once again. Thank you everyone for tapping in and tuning to some Elevated Vibes. Uh, This is episode 10. Wow. Let me me say it again. This is episode 10 already. Uh, Laws of Attraction, Friendships, Uh, Really looking forward into getting into this one. Uh, Let's first just take care of some house business. This is We The People podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jay Conze. Quick run through about myself once again. I'm a clinical research consultant. I have a background in executive staffing as well as clinical mental health counseling. Uh, Really wanted to cultivate a space where we can explore ourselves, understand ourselves better, and also heal trauma through understanding our relationships with other people, institutions, and our identity. Uh, And, you know, I feel like we're really getting to it. Also, uh, we do have a Facebook group. It is We The People Podcast on Facebook. Shout out to my moderator, Courtney. Uh, We're just putting this together. Uh, Great place to kind of further and continue conversations uh, beyond uh, just these episodes. So I'm really excited about that and looking forward to embracing that a little bit more. Um, So that's that's a whole other thing in and of itself. Um, Definitely check that out. Uh, You can also reach us on podcast. We the people on Instagram. And, yeah, feel free to comment, uh, feedback, exchange, as well as listening to the podcast. You have the option to leave a, leave a message. Uh, there are some questions. I will get to the questions at the end of everything. So uh, looking forward to getting into that. Uh, you know, you guys always have some uh, pretty spicy questions a lot of the time. I don't always... Uh, you know, going to the spicy ones, but they're there. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was excited to talk about uh, laws of attraction and friendships um, just for the mere factor that uh, friendships are pretty much an all-encompassing area of one's life. Uh, so that's that's kind of the really cool part about it because... Uh, there isn't anything, uh, that we do, uh, you know, some people have friends at work, some people, you know, they have confidants who they talk about, uh, you know, their relationships with. So, you know, these things really, really, these friendships really help shape our perspective on so much of life. So that's the the powerful part of it, to to be honest with you. And it kind of helps kind of govern, uh, you know, the other areas your, of your life based on the type of um, confidence, advice you get, consultants. Um, all of that really helps shape your perspective. Um, I thought about it and just really getting into it. I wanted to just take a look at what... Uh, the classical definition of a friend is or a true friend. Um, so I kind of, of course, there's a thousand answers for any question on the internet. Uh, but I kind of 
settled on uh, a definition of a true friend. Um, it is someone who has your back no matter what. A true friend will always purposefully lead you into choices or decisions that aren't bad for you. Uh, and they won't lead you into decisions that are not good for you. Uh, you know, most of the definitions kind of siloed around that. But uh, part of me feels like, uh, you know, these definitions lack the full scope of our humanity. Uh, I, I wanted to go a little further because, uh, you know, human beings, even your parents, you know, they may have been well-intentioned. And we, if we're all being transparent, there are certain decisions that have or we at least felt like, uh, you know, parents or guardians have made that um, may not have impacted us in a positive way, even though that wasn't their intention. Uh, you know, whether it's some type of school, what school they sent you to, um, hoping to give you the biggest advantage, but there were other factors that affected your experience there. So it's never just one note. I think that friends never leading you into choices that aren't good for you. I think that's that's... That's maybe an ideal of what a true friend is, but in life, everything is ebb and flow. Um, there's no relationship that is 100% positive. Um, you know, it's that balance. So, you know, I think you often have to judge intentions. And these, these uh, definitions, a lot seem to factor around outcomes. Like, what, is, what did this mean to me? What did this do for me? Um, a lot of times it's feeling or just shared perspective or um, and not always in a positive way, but that's just the root of, of, of a friendship. I just really wanted to explore that because we feel like you should always have my back or otherwise you're not my friend or that's a real friend. Um, I always say two things. There are two things that that can never happen. Well, that's circular. But there are two things that can never be true, always and never. Uh, nothing always happens. It can happen. You, you don't, we don't know if the sun's always going to come up. You can only state that about the past. So, um, you know, when someone is saying, you always do this, you've previously done it, but they don't know if that's what's going to happen moving forward. We, we use the past to tell us uh, as an indicator for the future. But in reality, the only thing the past tells us is what happened. And to affect what's going to happen, that's reliant upon our, our being present in the moment and making decisions that will facilitate the outcome you're looking for. Um, you know, as far as friends and the laws of attraction, um, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, I would have a lot of clients who would state they did a lot of technical things, but they weren't generating business. And a lot of times it was, you know, your purpose. And this is the trick here um, to go back to purpose. Uh, your purpose, you know, whether it may benefit you, that's why it's important to have a purpose that your life can't just be about you. So if you create something where it serves your purpose, but it doesn't serve a purpose to other people, or it's not adding value, then no matter how well you present it, market or advertise it, it doesn't prosper because there is nothing in it for anyone else. 
So I've had clients who are trying to evaluate, you know, their performance or try to evaluate, uh, you know, how the market is responding. Uh, a great way to judge about what type of energy you're putting off, putting out into the world is to take a look at what type of friends that you have. Uh, that is something that is always going to be a reflector of a, the exact opposite of, of what you like or want B, uh, parts. It's going to reflect parts that you may not be comfortable with, or you may not like about yourself, or it's going to reflect exactly what you wanted. Um, and those are usually how the categories of our, our relationships and friendships and associations uh, break down. It, it's a really good indicator of what we're of the of the true of how the message of what we're putting out into the world is interpreted. Uh, that that's going to be a huge factor because we can say, well, you know, I want people to feel like, or I'm trying to do this, but what you're getting coming back in, you know, what, what's coming through those barn doors. Those that's really going to be an indicator of how uh, what you're trying to give and if you're trying to give anything is being interpreted by the world. Um, you know, if your heart is pure, that's why you have to be able to keep your message and keep your energy independent of how you're being responded to. Because then you're no longer giving yourself uh, equity to control the situation. So it's just really important in that sense, uh, the type of vibes we give offs, um, you know, and a uh, key indicator. I said the opposite because uh, and this is aware, a good thing for people to who people who really commit themselves to trying to be a light, to try to be a positive force or to, uh, you know, be a, a, a catalyst of change. Um, for themselves and those around them, uh, a huge, a huge factor in that would have to be, um, you're, you know, if you're letting off light or if you're showing strength, you have to be aware that sometimes you'll attract the opposite of that, which is weakness or, or, you know, darkness or a lack of creativity or innovation. So you have to be strong enough to, absorb that and maintain your what you're radiating um and really trying to be a force it's a lot of work it's exhausting um interesting thing uh meditating this morning and i was just reflecting on some previous conversations before meditation and i've been doing this uh thing where um I wake up extremely, extremely early, like maybe sometimes even a couple of hours after I go to sleep. Uh, but I'll wake up. It could be as early as maybe 3.30 in the morning and I will begin my meditation. And what I start doing is I try to get up for ahead of the ahead of the rest of the world around me and truly prepare myself to deal with the world, add value to the world, uh, be an effective communicator, uh, be in the present moment, show up. Um, showing up is being great often is just showing up consistently over an extended period of time. Uh, so to be present continually <laughs> is to be great. Um, so, you know, really just focus on being great and being there and present and operating at that level and 
you know, operate, operating at the, uh, that vibration and relying solely on the energy that you're generating uh, to facilitate what you need for yourself as well as other people, uh, it is you is uniquely gratifying and ridiculously exhaustive 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 that's why um, meditation is important and replenishing is important and you know i was told that yo you fall asleep so early and it's because regardless of how much you replenish um when you put out that type of energy you have to find ways that work for you to recharge um so i was meditating this morning and i was reflecting on that and i realized it's not so much you know me being up and available for for 16 hours because you can do that and just kind of lull out and tune out every hour 45 minutes but to be in the moment and engage continuously you know maybe that 12 hours uh is is you know the maximum that i can be as effective as i need to be so there's no reason to give people more hours of bs so I shut it down to recharge so I can make those next 12 hours even more impactful. And I say that in the context of friends as well, uh, meaning you may have friends who have all kinds of things going on and you want to be available and present. And, you know, you finish what you, you finish work or your business and whatever other things you're taking care of. If you're working on side projects, you finish all that and then you try to make yourself available and you're available, you know, for this person sometimes till one, two o'clock in the morning. So now it throws off your circadian rhythm and, you know, your sleep cycle is off. So what you're doing now is is detracting from other areas. So you're in makeup mode in terms of when it comes to work. Um, you know, that was several hours. You know, if you're in a relationship or romantic situation, you were checked out of that. It's it diverted your attention at a recovery period. Now, the importance of having your attention diverted at a recovery at a recovery period is unquantifiable because the damage you do there um, takes on the laws of compound interest. So it just multiplies and multiplies into the coming day and into the next day because now you have not properly recharged. So you're trying to facilitate all the same functions at a set at the same or an increased level with decreased energy. So you're less efficient. So you'll be working more. There'll be more mistakes. It'll be more things that you might've missed. And then you turn around and you don't have energy for your, to maintain your relationship. And this person wants more follow-up support, your projects, the creativity is lacking, the innovation, you're not having the same impact. So when you lack impact, you have to make up in, Work and effort. Impact is the force you press down. If you come with enough impact, you can do. You can have the effect of four hours in thirty minutes. Uh, so when you decrease your impact, you you incre impact. You increase the amount of time that you can spend on any given task, and you decrease the efficiency, effectiveness of of those uh, tasks that you're taking on. So it's putting you behind as you move through the day and it's putting you further behind as you move through the day with diminished returns. Um, and 
then you have to engage this person and you don't have the bandwidth and you can't be available. And sometimes there's even a certain level of resentment because you feel like you sacrificed time to be available to them and for them. And now you're paying the consequences and uh, they are just in the same state of need and are not even because they're so enthralled in their own issue. They're not even aware of how much you're jeopardizing or how much you're putting on the line just to hear them talk for 30 to 45 minutes at night. Um, those are nuances and complexities of, of friendship. Uh, an effective way uh, to handle that and be mindful in terms of your friends and their time and what they're going through is when you get on the phone with someone, you know, we usually start off with our agenda, what we're thinking or what we had to say because we're operating with intention. We call them for a reason. Uh, but it is always good to just ask that question like, hey, are, are you busy? Or um, how are you feeling at the moment? Get Take an assessment. It's, it's a good exercise for all of us learning to pace ourselves, taking the time to step back, taking the time to reflect on just taking the time to be extremely mindful and considerate of other people. You know, even though something funny might have just happened for you or you're upset about something you just saw on social media and you want to call this person that you just trust and you feel like you have a shared perspective or you just want to know what they think and you're coming with that and that's your energy, just be, just always do a check-in. You know, get a check-in of the temperature. They could have received a call that, you know, someone just passed away. Anything could have happened. So it's super, super important to take the time to just say, hey, everything going all right? Or, you know, hey, uh, uh, what are you doing right now? Uh, you know, you good frame of mind? And, you know, give them a moment to gather themselves because before anyone hits answer, we have no clue a lot of the time what is really going on in their life in their life. So it's just something that is endlessly important. And it's so easy to do. It's such a small, small decency that carries a lot of weight. Uh, it alleviate a lot of, a, a lot, it alleviates a lot of the burden of friendship. Um, and I think friends never pay attention to the burden of friendship that they provide. They just think, in terms of the burden of friendship that they carry. Um, so, you know, looking at someone else's narrative uh, from a perspective other than yours is always going to be a huge value add because people have become accustomed to people not thinking about them. So, um, you know, taking that back to the laws of attraction, uh, you know, openness and receptivity doesn't mean unfettered availability. And, you know, some people will call it a boundary. You know, I just call it however you choose to live your life. A boundary is when you tell some people prefer to tell people don't cross this threshold. This is pad. This is the area from which up to, up to this area is what I'm comfortable with. And some people, you know, they have the approach of they like to color outside of the lines. They don't do defound boundaries, but they will let you know when they're uncomfortable with something. Um, so it just depends on the approach on uh, the agreed upon uh, communication and, and 
the expectation for transparency in any given relationship. Um, you know, that's a huge factor. And, uh, you know, as people, we tend to not want to be alone. It's it's just in our nature to, to you know, to seek some level of companionship. Uh, if we're not having romantic companionship, we're going to seek platonic companionship. Um, but, you know, loneliness, you know, it can create it can create negative thinking. Um, but there's nothing worse than when you're you let your negative thinking attract more negative people into your life, because the damage that negative thinking can do from a mental health standpoint, when you have people who, you know, when you manage to pull yourself out of that mood from time to time and they're completing another task, they just call you and hammer you with everything that's wrong in life. Um, you know, that that's, you know, it's you usually if you dig deep, you can work on fighting yourself. You'll never, ever be able to fight off your own negative thoughts and the negative thoughts of others. That's why we always that's why people will always advise and even, you know, clinicians will always advise to, um, you know, tune out. Uh, you know, the voices of others, listen to your internal locus of control and center on yourself because you're a handful, we're, you're a handful to deal with already. Like we are enough for ourselves, um, you know, and that's what makes relationships complicated because we're more, we, we can spend all of our energy just trying to deal with ourselves. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the human motivation uh, to have uh, some type of, shared experience or shared thinking or some shared values um it overrides that so it's a delicate balancing act between the two um and you know some people uh in their friendships they also get consumed in terms of what they want from people how they want these friendships to present all of those are things that you're attracting you know when people constantly want something uh you know you have people who uh, they literally, literally want things so bad where they it no longer becomes association, uh, any association with getting that thing, object or person. It solely becomes them being molested by the feeling of want. So they're completely driven by the wanting. It's not the thing that matters anymore. And you know, they contort, twist themselves so much. And when they finally get what they want, they feel relieved. And they think that they feel relieved because, uh, you know, it's that quick feeling of that short, short break of, okay, I got what I wanted so I can breathe and relax. That's short-lived because it wasn't that thing anymore. They become so addicted to wanting. So now that they find something else and, you know, this process starts over again, like wash, rinse, repeat. And, you know, part of a big thing is society wants us, uh, you know, consumed by wanting because that keep us that keeps us in servitude of the of of our wants. Basically, you know, if instead of wanting to you know you may want to start a new business but you also want a new car and you need money to go on vacation or whatever the case may be for yourself or even something legitimate but because of those those things those things that you want 
it will you'll be in service of those things that you want so you won't be able to pursue uh other agendas it's just a way of forming tighter control um because once you get familiar with being in servitude of something you will always find something to serve um now these wants helps control the want um you know if if you look at anything you can notice that during uh this whole era of pandemic that uh we experience that you know when you remove one thing out of a person's life or you remove one friend one distraction or you decrease interaction it's amazing on how many other things they can focus on simply removing that you just take away going out to eat you take away um certain certain activities and you know you'd be amazed what people find time to do whether it's start businesses or even just be more effective, productive, exercising. So, you know, what you do to attract your, t- how you attract, how you manage your time is a tool of attraction. Um, and it would reflect that. So whatever you have going on, that's going to be revealed through your time and how you spend your time affects the type of people that get drawn into that type of cycle. Um, because how you spend your time, it is a characteristic of who you are. It doesn't identify. I mean, we're far too complex for that to, that's who you are, what you do. I'm, I'm not saying it from that basic standpoint, but that's what is represented. So that's what a lot of times people respond to. Um, it's a very, very powerful thing. And, you know, even friendships, I've seen friendships have such a sway over people, um, and, uh, and it brings a quote of mine. It brings a quote to mind. Uh, this is not my quote, but this was um, said by the famous musician Harry Houdini. And he wasn't necessarily even referring um, to actual uh, handcuffs that he would escape for his acts. He was just talking about his mind. And what he said was, no prison can hold me. Uh, no hand or leg irons or steel locks can shackle me. No ropes or chains can keep me from my freedom. Uh, you know, and to me, that was just super, 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 super powerful. Um, you know, it it stated something there. You know, it just it kind of stirred something in my soul. And, you know, in our interactions with other people, we are living through our trauma they are living through their trauma and at the end of the day everyone is seeking a hard-fought peace um it would, would you know even when you have friends who do something wrong or who do something that you can't relate to or understand um it's a fundamentally important thing to keep in mind that uh we're all doing the same thing um trying to find a way to heal Oftentimes, we will try all the wrong ways before we find the right way for us. But we're all just trying to heal. That's really what we're doing at the end of the day. And in our relationships, because there's so much, uh, you know, personal traumas that we carry and then exchange and create our own traumas in our situations, it's so, so critically important to remember to seek that freedom. Um, That's specifically why I mentioned that Houdini quote. Um, uh, 
you know, no no ropes or chains can keep me from my freedom. Trauma and the things that we've been through and uh, the situations that, um, you know, we've been hurt, those are ropes and shackles. Um, but if you really have it made up in your mind that they can't keep you from your freedom, you can achieve that free way of thinking with another person where you're not communicating through vulnerabilities and insecurities. It's just a genuine caring and concern. Uh, and that ultimately is one of the more powerful elements of the human experience. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a special thing to, to have a friend. And uh, another element of growth is something that I had meditated on pretty deeply about a year ago. But, um, you know, there are always going to be times there are going to actually in your life probably be countless times if there haven't all haven't or hasn't already been. There will be countless times where people will leave you on a situational island, you know, to starve and die. Um, what I've learned is to not even look at the at the, at them as enemies anymore, adversaries. Um, you know, those situations, believe it or not, are truly divine intervention. Because if you really think about it, every time you were at that point, you know, uh, the universe found a way, and you you built yourself back up. You became stronger. You ate. You grew. You learned. You expanded. So. Every time those things happen, you you will find a way to grow. So these things are divine intervention. Um, you know, they may interrupt the path that you are on, but they elevate they elevate that same path when you come back to it. You know, it's just raising the terrain. So it is so powerful and formative in terms of, uh, you know, just having that shift. Uh, so, you know, that that's a huge, huge part of your friendships. Um, a lot of the time people will have friendships and um, there'll be a situation where, let's say, you know, one friend is experiencing something that uh, their friend doesn't understand and finds it difficult to support and you know, they'll, they'll question their behavior or typically what happens is internally you start questioning your friendship because people feel like if we're friends, we know everything that we're, you know, we should know another person's motivations. But, you know, I don't believe that's how human beings work. Um, you know, there's parts, it's parts of us that there will always be parts of us that no one can ever truly know. Um, one, because those parts are evolving. Two, there are, there are truths of ourself that we haven't ever even spoken to ourselves, yet alone revealed to another person. So um, that's just the reality. That's just the truth that's there. Uh, so, you know, it's a factor. It's real. Um, but our friendships are going to, they're one of the areas that significantly significantly helps shape how we think about ourselves. Um, they're so powerful in that sense because of that. Um, 
Because whether, you know, they say, oh, that's a fake friend. uh, The reality is that people need to be able to trust what they love. And once they decide they love that thing, if the trust is not there, it has to be created. So even if it's artificial or contrived, that feeling needs to be there because we need to have that feeling to release, to be vulnerable, to show our vulnerability. We need to know that we're in a safe space for ourselves before we can get naked. And when we get in that safe space, when we we create that feeling, we reveal ourselves. And, you know, you'll have people who give you feedback like, oh, my gosh, why are you doing this? He's not X, Y, Z. She's not da, 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 da. She's not the one. He's not treating you right. This is so stupid. This is crazy. Because no one, even though you can tell someone everything that you've been through and they could have been through similar situations and there's empathy there, they still, they still ultimately don't understand or they cannot understand how you feel. They can understand what you've been through. It's because even your closest friends, um, they can be in tune and aware and they can be considerate and open to it, but they can't absolutely know what your trauma feels like. They can know what it is and the emotions it may create, but no one knows how you processed your trauma and no one knows how your unprocessed trauma is affecting you. And, uh, you know, that's why it, it can be a complicated matter when people try to use their friends as their therapist because they're giving them you know, you're usually getting a view or an advice or a perspective shaped uh, from from their perspective, perception. So it's going to limit. It's going to be limited. It uh, It's going to have parts that are not authentic to you just because, you know, you guys know each other and you feel so many things are aligned and in common. It doesn't similar doesn't mean the same. To find a summer, shorter way to summarize that, um, you know, I would say the most important thing is to nurture, cherish, and continue to evaluate your friendships. Not necessarily evaluate them in terms of the classical SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, you know, um, and opportunities, uh, things like that. Not, 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 not that at all. But evaluate it to make sure it's still authentic, because usually. Uh, uh, a friendship can stop being authentic and stop serving a purpose and people will still maintain it just because they've had it out of sheer tradition. And when there's a conflict, that's when things completely fall apart. And people are typically like, oh my gosh, why'd that happen? You guys were so close. You had been so close, but you know, that plant wasn't receiving sunlight. That relationship wasn't getting water daily. So, you know, the bit, the minute, the climate changed or the seasonal change, it wiped it out. Um, so it's important to evaluate your friendships. Uh, when I say evaluate, um, that means be aware of what you're putting in. Because when people people typically think evaluate means, what am I getting out of this? Sometimes it also means, what am I bringing to this? It's an evaluation. That means a look on both sides. Um, and if you keep that discovery and value add perspective uh what you're what you attract will amaze you like um, you could be in the same situation but with a different team around you 
you it can it can turn a problem into an opportunity just with that shift in perspective with that shift in energy that you're receiving so the underwriter for all of this uh the true catalyst is love love empathy and understanding our own trauma uh, because i think fundamentally everyone wants to be a good friend they want to attract good people uh, they want to heal they want to be in loving relationships and the laws of attraction friendships um, is so important in terms of what friends you attract because uh, initially well not even initially on some level on the deepest level anyway you should be uh, friends with your significant other with your life partner um, you should be friends. You should have that feeling of closeness. Um, you know, that's something that should take place for you. So that is going to be a big factor. Um, you know, you're what you attract in terms of the people and the qualities you display. Um, it's all predicated with love. You know, people can treat you, teach you trade craft and ways to present and a lot of, you know, sales strategies, uh, because at the end of the day, um, the first thing you always the first thing you'll ever have to sell is you to yourself um you know and when i say sell i i mean you know the the conversation like you have to find value in yourself you have to uh want buy in on you if you don't buy if you don't truly have buy in on yourself you won't ever be able to get full buy in from other people even if you dilute yourself by having buy in but you have to feel it. Uh, just like I said with love, you have to feel trust. Uh, you know, we need buy-in. We need to know, we need to feel like there's something that's happening to us or a feeling that we get from interacting with anything. Um, I had an interesting conversation with someone, um, a professional conversation, but uh, they were just talking about ways um, uh, to, to make deals happen in the marketplace. And uh, what my perspective was, was, you know, we basically had two options. You know, you, you craft a narrative. Now, there's the narrative, the story. We, I think everyone knows that much at this point that a story sells, you know, people buy into narratives. However, a narrative can provide you with information. Um, you know, people are aware of information they say that it's a much larger factor in decision-making than it actually is, but they're aware, they use information, they say they want information because it sounds smart, it sounds responsible, it sounds rational. But uh, what I've come to know is that when you can create a feeling for someone, an, uh, an important feeling, an impactful feeling, a feeling that that they in some form wanted but hadn't received previously or that were just craving or that resonates with them. When you create that feeling, that feeling doesn't even have to be true. Uh, but for them, it will have more value than the truth, even if you told them that that feeling was false. Um, you know, and that's often the power of religion, the power of belief. Um, that's what faith is, um, you know. I, you know, when, you know, a similar quote, similar to what uh, Marx might have said, but um, 
you know, religion is like opium to the masses. Um, just meaning that, that that feeling, everyone wants a feeling of belief. It empowers you, um, you know, so, you know, believing in people, you know, that that's it. When you can when you can believe in people and you can support people's dreams and aspirations and ambitions, that's going to attract all types of things into your sphere. Now, you do have to be uh, judicious in terms of where you delegate your attention and that support and that belief. However, it is it is an ally. What it does is because people want to believe. Uh, I, I said this, um, I had a, a great conversation and, and I said it the other day, but um, the more I thought about it, it occurred to me differently. Uh, but I fundamentally believe that pe- it's harder to get someone to trust you. It's the hardest thing to start off at that equation because first you have to, you know, make them aware of you, create buy-in. There's a lot of things that have to happen. But if you, ex- the easiest way to get someone to trust you is by trusting them. When they have your trust, they feel a certain level of responsibility and accountability. Most people who operate under a certain level of uh <laughs> moral and social decency to their fellow man, uh, they'll feel that accountability. It was a trick that Thomas Jefferson would use anytime he wanted a favor from, uh, or he wanted them to do something for him, or he had an adversary, he would ask them for a favor. Because he would, you know, that's exposing vulnerability, that creates trust, and then they started feeling like they had a relationship with him, so they would always look for an opportunity to repay the favor. So it was a strategy that he had, but, um, I call it favor for favor and it's not doing something for, it's not someone doing, you doing something for someone and them doing something for you. I mean, favor as in showing them favor, making them feel valued, you know, ingratiating yourself to them, you know, offering yourself up like for every person, you are the greatest gift that you can give someone. So when you offer yourself to someone, whether it's in friendship, in a romantic setting, but to particularly when you offer your friendship, you're offering all of your best attributes and an openness to hearing, addressing, and working about your flaws. Um, and that is, that is the most powerful thing you can do for a person. When you offer your friendship... You are offering the best parts of yourself and you're offering the opportunity to have open dialogue and address and work on parts of yourself. That's very, very intimate. That's deeper than a kiss. But uh, laws of attraction, friendships, it's a powerful thing. Um, I wanted to, before we wrap up, definitely get to a few of these questions uh, from some listeners. So I'm going to keep it to three. I have such a huge backlog. I probably need to run through more. Um, I'll create more time on our next episode to to really get to some, (laughs) what I'll say are interesting questions. Um, but um, as usual, I don't reveal anybody's name. I guess you guys give me feedback if you're open to that when you ask a question, if you want a name or 
social media handle mentioned, we can do that too. Um, but um, a couple of these were audio messages that I got. Um, I will probably go ahead and try to play them or add the, like add the messages as more audio messages come in. I will play them um, just so I guess everyone else can hear them if that's okay with the person submitting them. Um, so feel free to say that. Uh, but uh, I did get a question, um, and I guess, you know, in a deal to be transparent, sometimes people want to know more about <laughs> the person that they're listening to. So um, one of these is about me directly. Um, the first question, I'll just start off with that, it was more so about me, but what that was was just basically, and it's audio, so I kind of had to write it down, but what that basically was asking was um, what developed my perspective? Um, was it just academic or experiential? Uh, I would have to say that um, by and far, everything is in experiential. Um, I had been through um, enough parts very early in life, um, whether it was, you know, having to be an entrepreneur, um, amongst other factors. Um, so I just kind of had been exposed to quite a bit, um, prior to actually being in a university. So I would say that it was predominantly experiential. However, um, the academic side of life provided me with, uh, provided me with better context for the experiences and information that I had acquired. So um, it provided for better context and it allowed me to really um, elevate the spaces that I was having those conversations in. Because um, um, I feel like it, all real knowledge, knowledge is transferable. So it's really just been a process of transferring it from the academy to corporate space, you know, blah, 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 down the, down the line. Um, so that's that on that. <laughs> um, the next question is, if I found my significant other cheat, well, not if, they literally said, okay, transparency moment. They said, uh, when I found my spouse cheating, literally found, I was wondering, what should I do? Um, I've had this question asked to me on different social media platforms um, in different ways. Um, my advice is always going to be to uh, protect yourself physically, make sure you're protected or safe physically. And then you go about, you make sure you're, if you have children, you make sure they're, or, or a pet even, make sure they're safe and protected physically. And then you go about making sure your mental health is fortified. And that's a much more longer process. Um, I have no feedback whatsoever as far as how you should proceed with that person. I just recommend that um, therapy for yourself. And if you choose to reconcile, therapy together is going to be a, should be a fundamental part of that. Um, but I really think these things, when these type of significant traumatic experiences happen, they also serve as, they serve as moments to take a step back and redefine what you're living, how you're living, and if it's still your truth. 
because it may have been your truth at one time, but you have to reflect if it's your current truth. Um, so um, no advice and, or no perspective on the romantic side. That's a unique organic decision based on a lot of things. But I can tell you what you will need for yourself and your rest of your life is your safety physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, um, you, you know, protect your energy, basically. Um, third question. Um, I saw a little girl on your live repeatedly. Is that your daughter? Um, no, that's not my daughter. Um, you know, I'm, uh, that's, that's me, um, uh, doing a little, uh, part-time babysitting to kind of help out, uh, you know, somebody who's like a brother to me. So that's the cool part about that. Um, uh, I don't have any children. I did raise my younger siblings, so I have some familiarity with the process, but I don't have any children of my own. Um, yeah, so that's that on that. Um, we the People podcast uh, appreciate everyone from all parts of the world. So many unexpected in such weird ways. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you all well, all the kind words and the feedback. I appreciate your existence, and that's to everybody. Um, you know, I I, I just uh, really humbled by like a lot of the outpouring of support. Um, I hope I'm serving a purpose, um, and let's just keep this thing going. Uh, love to keep hearing from you. Uh, we the People Podcast um, at We the People Podcast on Instagram. Uh, when I hope everyone has a uh, a beautiful, elevated time till we meet again at that time. Thank you.